0: Welcome to Lost in the Movies. This episode will be covering the film The Social Network, the David Fincher movie about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg from 2010. Talking about it from different perspectives, different years that I saw it, the years that it takes place, that I revisited it originally in 2018. That's when this um, recording is from. Uh, but now, this intro, I'm recording 2021, when it's interesting to look back and even see how it shifted since then. So if you have any thoughts on this film, please send them in. I always want to hear people's thoughts, but particularly on something like this, that uh, you know the, su- the subject matter has evolved so much over time, let's say, since the film came out. This episode was going to come out originally in July, got pushed back um, to well, originally yesterday, and then uh, got delayed again, and my keyboard broke today, so there's all kinds of delays going on. But thank you for your patience, and from now on, these podcasts uh, through the end of September will actually be going up weekly instead of every other week. So that's kind of payback for everybody waiting as I finish some projects up to get back to this regular schedule. Uh, one of those projects, well, the main project really that that delayed this was I was finishing my Mad Men viewing diary, so the whole backlog of that is ready now. I put up a bonus episode Last Wednesday, uh, about my thoughts on the whole series. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm posting, just week by week, my episode uh, entries, where I watch the episode, haven't seen it before, and just give my immediate thoughts. So right now, I'm in the middle of season five, uh, covering episodes, I think, one through eight, A Little Kiss, Tea Leaves, Mystery Date, Signal 30, Faraway Places, At the Codfish Ball, and Lady Lazarus. So these are written responses on lostinthemovies.com, loving season five. And uh, this was a lot of fun to discuss, probably my favorite season of Mad Men, so particularly the episodes Faraway Places and Mystery Date, uh, I had some interesting connections to draw between uh, Twin Peaks, Fairy Tales, and uh, in Faraway Places' case, Antonioni films of the early 60s, his trilogy, which I saw similar to the trilogy of stories they tell um, stylistically and thematically in this episode, so great fun to discuss that. I put up a summer 2021 status update near the end of June, and then on YouTube, I have been... Oh, and also, sorry, on lostthemovies.com, I have been putting up film reviews every month. So one was To Sleep With Anger, the Charles Burnett film about a guy who comes to town and won't leave a family alone, played by Danny Glover, a really good movie with a lot of interesting dynamics at play in it. So I wrote about that in early July. Uh, all of this, of course, will be linked up in the show notes. And then I just published a review on the film ill gotten Gains, a very strange avant-garde kind of horror film about a slave ship revolt from the 90s. On YouTube, I've been posting more clips of the Journey Through Twin Peaks Season 3 uh, video. I put up videos on the anniversaries of some of these episodes. So like I in June, I put up an episode or a uh, short video on parts 5 through 7 called Your Weekly Peaks. And then lately I've been putting up episodes uh, or chapters on uh, Part f- 8, uh, the big midpoint of Season 3. One uh, chapter was called The Fire and the Firemen, and another one is called The Darkness in the Desert. That's going up tonight at 8 p.m. because that is the 65th anniversary of the events that take place in that part of the episode. So you can check that out on YouTube, my channel Lost in the Movies. And then finally on Patreon.com slash Lost in the Movies, for my dollar-a-month tier, I put up my podcast episode number 80, Twin Peaks Cinema, The Big Sleep, talking about that noir film in relation to all three seasons of Twin Peaks. Plus Cocoon, Mount St. Helens, Booker T. and Wrestling Documentaries, The Sweet Hereafter, Twin Peaks Reflections on Eckhart, Malcolm, The Marsha State, The Twin Peaks Welcome Sign, Ed and Norma's Romance related to Part uh, 15 of The Return, And then also uh, comparing the detective Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe reading an archive essay that I wrote about that years ago. And then also sharing Lost in Twin Peaks podcast number 23 and 24 with all patrons, uh, opening those up after six months where they were on the exclusive top tier. Uh, One of those is the Diane Keaton directed episode, very strange episode of season two. Another one we'll just call the drawer pull episode. If you've seen the series, you know what I'm talking about. And I put up an announcement about delayed podcasts on there. So... Uh, Let's move on to the social network. I need to do something substantial in order to get the attention of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun, and they lead to a better life. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends. So why not build a website that offers that friend's pictures, profiles? I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online. Site so got 2,200 hits within two hours. Thousand. Twenty-two thousand. This idea is potentially worth millions of dollars. Millions. You stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook. I the know internet. what it says. So did we? A million dollars isn't cool. It's cool? A billion dollars. You're going to get left behind. It's moving faster when than any of us ever imagined. Get left went behind. Let's sue him in federal court. I can't wait to stand over your shoulder and what you write as a chef. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you invented Facebook. Is there anything that you need to tell me? Your actions could have permanently destroyed everything I've been working on. We have been working on Did you like being a joke? Do you want to go back to that? Mark! This is our time. intentionally breaching security violating copyrights violating individual privacy your best friend is suing you for 600 million dollars as for the charges i believe i deserve some recognition from this board i'm sorry yes i don't understand which part The film in focus this week, The Social Network, came out in 2010. The events in this film occur in 2003 to I think about 2007, 2008, but uh, most of them take place I think between 2004 and 2005, like in the space of about a year. Uh, There's a framing device in which Mark Zuckerberg is being sued by uh, two groups, I guess, because it's not two individuals, uh, one is the Winklevoss twins who came up with the idea of like a Harvard I think they called it Harvard Connect or something like that Harvard match where it was like a dating website for uh using the harvard.edu uh email and they allege that he stole that idea and turned it into Facebook he's also getting sued by his close friend who uh kind of got screwed over in the process of uh collaborating on Facebook he was the one who funded it and uh you know he he was like the 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 financier on a very low level and he was a close friend of Mark Zuckerberg at one point in the movie he calls himself you know he says I was your only friend basically and uh he is suing him because after about a year the company went public uh, he signed a contract which he didn't fully understand and got completely screwed out of the company. He was no longer a part of Facebook and he's really pissed about so he's doing it. So we know right away even if you don't know the background story, of Facebook the movie tells you right away that this guy ended up alienated from at least his best friend and also this other this of these other these brothers, the Winklevoss brothers who uh, he probably never liked to begin with. But, you know, he's being sued by these two groups, and that's the framing device that's used. The film is written by Aaron Sorkin, and it's directed by David Fincher, which is a fascinating combination. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, I think, gets a lot of crap on the uh, Twitter left these days for the West Wing. The the, the whole ethos of, like, breathless, trying to combine a worldly, seen-it-all view with this starry-eyed idealism, which can be kind of exhausting, and I always, through my various political permutations, which have been all over the map, I always was kind of annoyed by the that West Wing style. He is a very entertaining writer. This film captures that. I mean, this is certainly my favorite thing I've seen that he's written. It's a perfect match for him, getting that brainy dialogue that's also off-putting in a way. I mean, this is a very off-putting character, Mark Zuckerberg. And I didn't mention the name before, but the, the name of the character who's played by uh, Andrew Garfield, his best friend. Is Eduardo Savran, and uh, actually, also Mark Zuckerberg is played by Jesse Eisenberg, which I should, of course, point out. This film has a number of actors who've shown up later. Uh, Rooney Mara is his girlfriend. That's the inciting event of the film, where she is she's a BU student. She's out at some restaurant with him in Boston, and he's just talking a mile a minute, combining this kind of exhausting patter with these put downs of her. And she has enough and she breaks up with him, starts the whole narrative rolling. So he goes back to his dorm room at Harvard. And he's a sophomore there and he writes a blog post about how much he hates her. And then he uses that as inspiration to create basically a hot or not type of website, but with a more I think it's a more sophisticated algorithm and it's. Only the Harvard students. So he's comparing all these women. He hacks into the Harvard uh, online Facebooks and takes all these photos and has people comparing them online. And it becomes so popular in a few hours that it breaks the uh, Harvard servers and he gets in trouble, but it also gets him some attention. So the Winklevoss twins approach him with their dating site idea. He ends up doing his own web social network website based on just Harvard. So it's just for Harvard students, but you get to see their interests, their profiles, and their relationship status, which is a big ingredient. Then it slowly starts, not so slowly, actually, it's within a few months, but it starts to expand to other Ivy League schools. Then they spread it to NYU, BU, they spread it to Stanford because of the tech industry there and then the tension in the film becomes that eduardo wants to make this a business you know he's put his funds into it and he wants to see how they can make money off of it and mark zuckerberg is just intrigued by this idea of it as like a sort of a cultural phenomenon and they'll get they'll figure out how to make money eventually the monkey wrench that's thrown into this story is played by justin timberlake and it's the character uh well it's that Actual real person, the inventor of Napster. What's his name? He became involved with Facebook at, at at a certain point where he's giving advice, but he's not really that involved with the company. And Mark Zuckerberg's enamored of him, and Eduardo can't stand him. Sean Parker. That's it. Sean Parker, the Napster founder. And he's kind of paranoid. He's very flippant. And uh, Justin Timberlake does a good job with this performance, kind of playing a uh, a douchebag, which. Uh, You know, as the film goes along, they move out to California, this company is exploding, they get angel investors involved, and Eduardo is so frustrated with his being frozen out of it that he actually freezes his account. And Mark Zuckerberg explodes. And, but, you know, says, hey, that's all right. It worked out anyways. Come on out to California. And that's when he sets him up and kicks him out of the business. And the film ends with him deciding basically he's going to settle the lawsuits, let them get rich on his dime, and he's still going to be a billionaire, basically. But the film ends with him opening up Facebook, looking for Erica, the girl who dumped him back in 2004, and sending her a friend request and then just refreshing the page to see if she'll friend him as well. I think when this came out, a lot of people were like, really? A Facebook movie? Are you kidding me? Somewhat understandably. I I think that was my initial reaction but boy it's a captivating film David Fincher has so much to do with that he is such an effective filmmaker Social Network honestly is probably my favorite film of his I don't know I'm not saying it's necessarily the best that's probably not true Zodiac's probably my favorite but Social Network I've watched a lot more than Zodiac and you know really this movie occupies more headspace for me than any David Fincher film does uh, I'm just utterly fascinated with it, and I've always been very drawn to it. I've done a couple of pieces on it before. I did a review of it in 2010, right when it came out, You know, reviewing it as a new release, where I had already had a few conversations on the film on uh, different blogs. Uh, Ed Howard, Only the Cinema... And uh, Hokuhay, Little Worlds, those two sites. And I thought my conversations with them had actually kind of covered most of what I wanted to say about the film. And I thought, what would be an interesting way to present it? So I made a fake Facebook page, posted my conversation with them, like in the form of a Facebook thread. I put up those screen caps as my essay, as my review for that film. Which was a lot of fun. Then again, a few years later, I did a visual tribute. I went and rewatched the film, and I was struck by the idea that so much is communicated in the film either through a computer screen or through paper on this paper business card on like the note that somebody passes him in class, the invitation when Eduardo gets punched by the, uh, as they call it, by the uh, fraternity. There's this fascinating interplay. So I called the visual tribute paper and plastic and I alternated those two things. I, I think there's so much going on in this movie. I can totally see them having decided to make a Facebook film, which is like super on the nose and stylized, like screens popping up on the screen and text and like going out of their way to be like, we're going to experiment with the form just as much as Facebook changed the internet or something. And it just would have looked so dated after a little while and probably not come off. So I appreciate the fact that it's a more conventional approach than that, but it does feel like it's dictated to a certain extent by like the tempo of online activity. You know, I mentioned Zodiac is like his best film, I think, and uh, in some sense my favorite. But Social Network is the one that I just feel the most interested in because, first of all, I'm the exact same age as the character in the film. And I remember like these times that it's showing and I have these weird kind of cross section connections to it. Um, when in the, at the time that the character in the film is, you know, at Harvard and in Boston, whatever, creating the Facebook project, I was in New York. I lived in Boston at the time that this movie came out and actually was working at uh, like a Harvard bookstore for like a year. I can relate to it from these different angles of like remembering that time, but also remembering that place from a different time. There was also something pretty surreal about seeing this experience reflected on the big screen In uh, 2010. So I'd imagine I have some listeners who are, you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years older than me. Some that are 5, 10, well, maybe 15 years younger, actually. I have people kind of on either end of me who were either in their 30s when Facebook came out or not even yet yet. that conscious when Facebook came out. So they have different experiences. For the younger group, they may not have seen something from their own experience reflected on on screen at this point yet. And for the older group, they probably did at an earlier time. But for me, it was surreal to see a very specific social event represented in that way. Early 2004, like within a few months of the Facebook, as it was called at the time, coming online, my friends were going online, they were sending me friend requests. The brilliance of the the whole Facebook marketing thing was it started as exclusive just to Harvard, but even as it expanded, it was still kind of exclusive. It was like... Your parents certainly couldn't go on there. Initially, like, high school students couldn't go on there. Even the colleges were initially rippled out from Harvard to further and further afield. So this was like, oh, this is like our thing or whatever. And so, yes, by 2010, it had become much more widespread than that. But still, to see that seed spring forth as this Hollywood feature film that you're seeing in this mythologized way on the big screen was was very... surreal and kind of cool all of that said you know there's there's a certain adventure to the movie there's a there's uh anybody who is of that generation at that time you're seeing this person who obviously definitionally had more success than literally any other person watching the film who's uh his age or whatever but he's also kind of just a f***ing asshole in this movie and honestly probably even more so of one in real life like if anything this probably whitewashes him a little and i think that's become even more uh apparent in recent years with all of the stuff that Facebook has gotten in trouble with how it uses the users data and uh, obviously its involvement with the whole Russia thing and the the Cambridge Analytica and all of this stuff. I mean, a few weeks before I rewatched this film, I saw an interview on CNN with Mark Zuckerberg and he looked just seems like an alien. Like he's so out of it trying to convey some sense of concern or whatever uh, as he tries to spin the this the situation. It's just surreal so like watching this film now there are three experiences going on there's the remembering the time when that uh, basically anybody of my age was kind of roughly on the i mean may not have been harvard students but we we're roughly on the same footing as you know mark zuckerberg this 20 year old kid with the chip on his shoulder in his dorm room and then there's the experience of 2010 when this film came out and what it meant then and now What Facebook has become, and I would say a fairly negative reputation, pretty much across the map. I know like my parents are always swearing, I'm going to get off of this at some point. It's also, okay, so this is another really funny thing to me. Facebook now has, it's defined by the older generation. People my age tend to be more on, on Twitter. That's not entirely true. I probably know more people my age who are on Facebook than Twitter. But still, Twitter is kind of where it's happening. And Facebook is the baby boomer grandpa generation has just totally taken it over. And that's utterly fascinating, given where Facebook began. You can't make a sequel to this because the story it's telling, it's not the story of Facebook. It's the story of these characters who made Facebook. So you couldn't really make a sequel. But man, the story has gone in interesting places. And watching it today casts all of that in an even more interesting light. And thank you for listening. As I said, if you have any thoughts on The Social Network, other David Fincher movies, anything you want to talk about really from older episodes, I'd love to discuss it on here, so send me your feedback. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That's the best way to get this out there, get more people to see it and listen to it in this case. And uh, for the next episode, which again is coming next week, so quicker than usual, I'm going to wrap up my collection of uh, Twin Peaks episode director film capsules. So I've been doing uh, Lost in Twin Peaks, sort of side episodes for the past year where I will talk about uh, somebody who directed on Twin Peaks and, you know, a feature film they made and its connections to Twin Peaks. So these four are going to be uh, the film After Dark, My Sweet by uh, James Foley, the film uh, Losing Isaiah by Stephen Gyllenhaal, and um, then what are the other ones there? Uh, Jonathan Sanger's film Codename Emerald which is like a World War II TV movie starring Ed Harris. Uh, All of these very diverse subjects, so it's interesting to see how they do or don't tie into uh, Twin Peaks at any point. And then uh, one other is actually by a writer of Twin Peaks, not a director, Robert Engels. He made this very goofy uh, TV movie in the early 2000s called Matthew Blackheart, Monster Smasher. So here are clips from each of those to whet your appetite a little bit for next week's episode. See you then. You don't really know anything about me. No, but I know people. I know what they'll do and I know what they won't do. I don't want him talking you into this mess. They're using you for their own criminal purposes. No, I never gave my child up for no adoption. It's gonna be tough. Family is with us white, treated him well fight this but I'm his mother hey blackie where you been you made my life into a comic book